0: Welcome back welcome back well, to this week at film. Wait, what? It's, the,
1: it's the, Welcome it's back. It's a podcast. To this week. <laughs> we talk about movies. Something about yeah. seven days. It's the ring. Yeah. It's this week at film. It's a
0: yeah. I'm Nick Ponanto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. It's Matt, me. how is it going? Going alright. Nick, how are you doing? Doing okay. Alright. We talk about movies that we saw this week true. on this podcast, if you're new to the show and you're like, what was that intro? Normally, it's less chaotic.
1: Matt, what movies have you seen this week? That's a good question, Nick. I have seen three movies this week, including a movie called Oculus from 2013 or 2014, depending on where you look. Another movie called The Void, which came out in 2017 or 2016, depending on where you look. (laughs) <laughs> and An American Werewolf in London, which was from oh, wow. 1981, no matter where you look. Okay, how, good how about here. Nick, what did you see? I saw
0: one movie this week. Oh, wow. And it is called Before the Devil Knows You're Dead from 2007.
1: Huh, I've never heard of that.
0: It is the last film that Sidney Lumet directed. Lumet? Lumet? I'm not sure if it's French.
1: I feel like it would be Lumet. But he's from Philadelphia, according to IMDb. <laughs> So it's Loomit. (laughs) There you go. Tell you what, you've seen American Werewolf in London, right? I
0: have not, actually. I've seen like the first half hour of it when I was in college and I was like, I don't get what all the fuss is about this. Oh, man. And I think I turned it off.
1: Oh, that's because you saw the first half. (laughs) (laughs) You did it wrong. You did it exactly the worst way. Uh, Watching it from the beginning. I obviously have seen more movies. Have you seen The Void? Nope, I don't even know what that is. I hadn't either. Have you seen Oculus? Nope, I just thought that was a video game system. It is, Uh, but this is different. Well, shoot, I don't know where to start. I guess I'll start with since you've seen half of it. I'll start with American <laughs> Werewolf in London. So, American Werewolf in London. I, I'm not gonna spoil a lot of details on this. Actually, there just aren't that many details to this. Maybe I will end up spoiling it a bit. But you know, you had your chance and you bailed. So you're, yeah, you're... you feel feel free to talk about because I just want to know. All right. Well, let me tell you ahead of time. This movie's definitely worth watching all the way through. Oh, yeah. So American Werewolf Lo- in London is you've got two Americans hiking out on the moors outside London. They run across a pub with sort of an unwelcoming crowd. I think it's called the Slaughtered Lamb. It's got a picture of a wolf's head on the shingle. They go in and it's really awkward. These folks are like very unwelcoming to them and they kind of get sort of stared out of the place. Like, everyone's just kind of staring at him until they finally are like, well, we're gonna go then. And then they do, and they get some tips about, like, staying on the road and watching the moon. I don't know what they were supposed to do with that. And I've seen this movie three times, and I still don't know what they were supposed to do with that. But they just walk right off the road. No decision-making involved or anything. They just end up walking off the road. Cutting through a field or they're just not paying attention? If I had to choose, I'd say not paying attention, but I don't know how you just walk off a road yeah. into the into a field. And they don't know where they're going. That's another thing they've made pretty clear. They don't really know their way around. So wouldn't you follow the road? Especially yeah. after a bunch of strangers are like, hey, we don't want you here, but we boy, care enough to tell you to stay Australia on the road. Apparently? <laughs> <laughs> hey, avoid... That's not Australian. Put her on that forster's. Watch out for the werewolves. They'll fuck
0: you up. So, anyway. You got a man who turns into a crocodile.
1: Oh, ain't she a beautiful Sheila? I'm trying to think of my old crocodile hunter lines. Anyhow. Crikey. There you go. (laughs) I remember seeing the Crocodile Hunter movie, and at some point, he talks a lot about poo. The best part of that entire
0: movie, because I, you know, what we probably watched it together. We
1: did. We saw it in the theater. That feels. Did we? Yes, we did.
0: Oh, that feels like your mom's living room movie.
1: You know. No, but we saw it. In, I'm pretty sure we saw it in the theater.
0: There is one moment of that movie that I remember, and it's he's on the top of a car in a car chase, and all of a sudden he breaks the fourth wall uh-huh. and starts talking to the camera like he did on his TV show, uh-huh. like right now this bloke is really agitated, but I gotta get him to stop this car or something like that. I thought that was really funny, and that's all I can remember about that movie. I remember him talking about
1: poo, but then again, <laughs> I've seen the movie twice because i own it <laughs> do i know why nope i sure don't anyhow so these guys wander off the road and they start hearing some growling and get attacked by a werewolf one of the guys is killed by the werewolf the other guy gets injured but wakes up in the hospital and discovers that he's lived through it and his friend is gone throughout the movie he Well, he starts talking to this nurse and then she like, she really thinks he's cute and she takes him home and he starts getting visited. Actually, he gets visited in the hospital, but then again, at her place by his friend who sort of like appears to him. And it's not really clear, like if he's a ghost or a spirit or like what exactly he is, like what form he's in. But he's like sort of falling apart throughout the movie. But each time he shows up, it's it's actually pretty humorous. I mean, it's not necessarily like laugh out loud funny, but the There's a lot of humor in it. And that's one of the things that kind of stood out to me about this movie. Like, I remember the first time I saw it expecting something really scary because I had seen some of the special effects and they're really good. So I thought it was a good movie, but it wasn't the rest of the movie. Aside from like the end, I was like, that wasn't particularly scary. And then the second time I saw it, you know, like as an adult, I was like, oh, this movie's a, a comedy. I, I didn't even realize that the first time. Oh, this is actually pretty funny. And this time I knew what to expect because I knew it was kind of funny. And it was. So so there's some humor between these guys. But for the most part, you're really just getting to know this character a lot. You're seeing a lot of interaction with him and this nurse. And his friend, as an apparition, kind of keeps telling him, like, you're going to turn into a werewolf. And so he, he actually tries to convince him to kill himself so that he won't end up making other werewolves or or killing people kind of like his friend was killed who are like stuck in limbo be- because they were killed by a werewolf. That's a hell of a legal disclaimer. Legal? Legal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's the fine print on that? Like that's not fair. Well, he didn't he didn't choose to be a werewolf because he forgot to read the fine print. Yeah, but like the guy who's dead is like, "Oh, I I'm stuck in limbo.
1: Yeah, no, he he's he keeps showing up. He's like, come on, man, you got you got to get me out of this. <laughs>
0: and it's- oh, so if the where if he kills himself, he gets out of limbo.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gets to go oh, on okay. because it's been like a like an unholy death kind of thing. And so he's trying to convince him throughout the movie. And at the end of the movie, the guy finally turns into a werewolf. That is the big spoiler, but it's also what you're there to see, <laughs> to see a werewolf yeah, I, movie. I have seen
0: that, the clip of that, and it's awesome.
1: It is. It is. And and seriously, there are good moments in the movie other than that, but, but most of them are probably the humor. I do like the friend... I do like this character. There's a doctor who's like a grumpy asshole doctor and he's not particularly nice to anybody, but he's the savviest person in the movie. And he like at some point starts to like look into things. He's like, I'm going to find out about where these guys went to. I'm going to see if I can go find the people at this pub and ask around. And like when you first see like the movie first starts, these people are all super intimidating. And this guy gets there and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and I'm not going to be shaken at all by how, how you're you're staring or being dark and angry and whatnot. And it's pretty cool. It, it's it's a good character to have in the movie. And without it, I think you really would, maybe you get some jokes out of the friend, but you'd probably just be sitting there waiting for the werewolf to show up, which you're not getting much of in the first half hour. So so honestly, you really did see the least horror-y, uh, other than the initial attack, the least horror-y parts of the movie and, and maybe the least compelling parts of the movie. That's kind of why I I bailed
0: on yeah. the movie was because I knew it was supposed to be a comedy kind of horror movie and I like John Landis movies and this movie's going along and I'm like this isn't funny this isn't scary I am so bored I'm turning this off cuz back then I could do, I had that power to turn off something I didn't like
1: <laughs> That's funny you've lost that and I've gained it Yeah Yeah well you know the the reason Probably that you felt that way is because so much time is invested in like this guy and the nurse and it's not a particularly good performance from the dude. It's not a particularly likable character, even though he's supposed to be kind of dorky and sweet and likable. He's he's kind of not. So, and there's not enough like chemistry there to really, to actually have it feel like much is going on. So, so I could, I could totally see that. Like if I had not seen this movie when I was a teenager, I probably, if I were seeing it for the first time, I probably would have been tempted to turn it off too. Not not cuz it's just terrible, but I would have just felt like it's going nowhere.
0: Yeah, um, that's kind of how I felt about it. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. I got stuff to do.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, kind of with the like good, bad and weird. The the best part of this movie is the effects when they finally happen. The humor is pretty good and and like I said the doctor and the friend are good and the tension in the pub is good. But you don't have a lot of it. It's like the, the pub tension stuff is a bit at the very beginning, a little bit towards the end of the second act. And then in the third act, you've got a lot going on. So if you do check this, I do recommend seeing it, especially if you're like a horror buff and, and you, you want to check out all the classics. I feel like it's more engaging than something like, for instance, Friday the 13th. So I would recommend it, but you do have to... It helps to know you're going in with something that's not going to be at a very like quick pace and not going to be particularly engrossing throughout okay. the whole movie. So
0: okay, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll I'll have to give it another shot sometime. Yeah, it, it's it's um, it's worth
1: checking out again. All right. Well, now I definitely will watch it. Cool. And that's Done all it. I'm gonna say about that one. All right. I also started watching the Frighteners. <laughs> But uh, we didn't finish it yet, so I'm not going to worry about that one. Oh man,
0: that's a movie I really want to watch again because I loved it when it first came out. Uh-huh. I was like, I love this movie. It's so good. And I'm
1: like, I shouldn't go back to it. You should probably Don't... not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw it in the theater and I did not like it, but it was uh, like I loved it. 1996. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what, maybe this is one of those movies where the, I wasn't really digging the humor. And if I go back and just kind of let it be a bit cheesy, I'll enjoy it. I like Michael J. Fox. And I remember that being part of why I saw it in the first place and it didn't work for me then. And having watched half of it last night, I'm not sure it's doing a lot for me now either. (laughs) But but we'll probably finish it up. So I'll tell you more next week. Oh, I can't wait. Hang on to your butts. (laughs) That's Um, a different movie. Yeah, it is. Tell you what, I'll do The Void. I'll leave Oculus for last. All right. So, The Void, again, 2017 or 2016. You know what's... Can I interrupt you Yeah, no, quick? go ahead. So, last week you
0: watched The Intruders, or just Intruders. I can't remember.
1: Uh, I think it was called
0: Intruders. And you said there's a thousand movies called that? Oh, God, that. yeah. And trying to figure out what movie you talked about with... <laughs> because I think there's, like, every year two movies called Intruders comes out. Uh-huh. And so, like, I have... Uh, if you don't know, with the show we do here on the internet... I I'd put together a little picture picture of all the movies we're talking about with all their their titles and stuff, and so I, I have to look up the movie and all that stuff. I put the whole thing together, and then I realized that I had picked the wrong Intruders movie. Oh. I had the, the totally wrong one. It wasn't a, a huge fix or anything, but I was just kind of like, hold on a second, this isn't the same movie I'm looking at on IMDb. This movie looks way better than the one Matt looked at. <laughs> And it's just because of the font of the based based solely on the font of the title.
1: Well, you know what they say, you can't judge a book by its cover, but a movie's a whole different story. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So The Void, I had heard a little bit about just that it was like a pretty whacked out movie and I didn't know what that meant. So like, I was like, I don't know if this is like a...
0: Weakety whack...
1: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) wickety-whack. Or a nickety-whack, like Nicolas Cage movie. Like, what am I in for? Um, Just regular type. Yeah.
0: (laughs) The ugly (laughs) one. I'm looking this movie up on IMDb no, right no, no. now. Don't. Oh well, no! I'm. I just typed in the void in IMDb, yeah. and there are three movies from 2016 called the void.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll send you. I'll send you a cover shot so you know which one. You don't have to look it up. Don't read the things though. Don't read the okay, descriptions right. cause
0: I'm gonna. I'll just close it out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I am gonna recommend this. Uh maybe not to everybody, but definitely to Nick. Oh. Now, so this movie starts out, I'm going to try the best I can to not spoil much, but this movie starts out with some people. There's like a a guy running away from a house and then these two other guys come out chasing a woman. They shoot her and then they set her on fire. And I was like, huh, I thought this movie was going to be really weird and like abstract or something. Maybe not it's sexy. Maybe. <laughs> well, I was like, I thought it'd be weird. I guess it's just going to be dark. And then all of a sudden there's a person standing there in a white outfit with a triangle on their face. And I was like, oh, weird it is. So anyway, slight spoiler, I guess. But then a little bit later, like a a minute later, you're only a couple of minutes in the movie. There's a cop that spots this guy running away and he takes him to a hospital. It's pretty clear. It's like a small town setting kind of thing. So he's sort of a small town sheriff takes this guy to the hospital. And then the movie just like really starts feeling like a Stephen King movie that isn't cheap. You know, how sometimes you're watching a Stephen King movie and you're like, man, if they just polished this up and maybe did like a second take It would be kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. This movie does that. It's kind of cool. It's like the Stephen King movie that Stephen King was never involved in. And it kind of takes place in, I think, like the early 90s or late 80s. So there's like, you know, some of the stuff that you'd have to explain out in annoying ways, like cell phones and stuff like that, just aren't an issue. And then you meet a young lady named Kim, who is Ellen Wong, the young lady who played Knives in Scott Pilgrim. And she's Mm -hmm. training to be a nurse. And she's kind of making like morbid jokes and whatnot. And you're just kind of getting a feel for things because it's pretty early in the movie. But then you meet another nurse and another nurse. And one of them turns out to be the main character's ex-wife or, or maybe, maybe his wife. But they're like estranged. And then all of a sudden, the other nurse is stabbing someone in the eye. And then cutting off her own face. Hmm. Now, you think that'd be a spoiler, but that's nothing. (laughs) This movie is going to go all over. This movie wants to and does do everything. There was a moment, now I have to not spoil this, but there was a moment where I literally made a note that said, the only thing missing from this movie is an actual Dot, dot, dot. And then about 30 seconds later, I had to highlight that and put a line through it. It was like, (laughs) oh, never mind. There that is. And then my next note and my last note for the description part is just, oh, my God, (laughs) in capital letters, Just this movie gets wacky. I mean, it stays dark. It's a it's a dark movie. It's not wacky in a fun way. It's it's wacky in a Nick and Matt want to sit down and get kind of disturbed kind of way. Okay. Not like Gator Bait Disturbed,
0: (laughs) but like gator bait two disturbed
1: i don't remember gator bait two i watched it from one of them memory. had the shotgun that was the first one was um, it okay but this movie does a lot and if nicholas cage had been in it it would have been pretty neat so anyway there are some good things and some some bad things ellen wong's really good and, and i even though i didn't really like scott pilgrim i liked her in it i think she was the only character in the movie that i liked you've got people trapped in a hospital which is always fun to me i like those movies where people are sort of stuck somewhere trying to figure out ways to get out. It does a really good job of, giving you lots of chaos that's making you wonder what's going on. And the practical effects in this movie are very, very John Carpenter. I know John Carpenter wasn't the one that did the effects. It's probably Stan Winston. But, like, it's got a lot of the thing sort of qualities going for it. I'm not sure what the budget was on this movie, but with all the practical effects, you'd think it was, like, really expensive. I don't think this movie was actually even in theaters. But, man, the effects were, they were almost, like, nostalgic, but they were also good. I I really dug this movie, even though there was some bad stuff, which I'll get to in a second. But the movie's not exactly over the top, but it's not restrained. So it's not like machete or something like that, but it's still very like it just does whatever it wants to do. There's just no no holding back. So the bad parts acting. There are a couple people in it who just don't really act particularly well. There's an older doctor and then there's like an older sheriff or like if this guy is the deputy, there's the sheriff. The main guy, whose name I apparently erased, (laughs) has excessive face acting. His face just does a little too much. You know how Jim Carrey, when he's doing comedy stuff, just kind of exaggerates every expression. Mm hmm. This guy just kind of does it with non-humorous things. He's not terrible and he's not completely unlikable, but it's a little strange. He also gets an injury at some point and then it seems to be fine a minute later in spite of all the blood. So that's kind of strange. There are a couple th- little things like that where I'm like, oh, this is a little, they could have edited this down a little bit so it didn't seem so weird. But otherwise, it, otherwise it was really enjoyable. It was really strange and definitely its own movie. Like I, 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 maybe maybe this is a little bit in terms of tone, like into the mouth of madness. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Otherwise, it's its own thing. I recommend it if you like horror movies. I wouldn't even hesitate to say if you like horror movies, check it out. All right. So, well, I can't wait to watch this. The Void. Check it out. It looks like its rating on IMDb is five point eight out of ten, and I can sort of understand that. But I, but I, I would give it more. I'd probably. Well, we'll get to it later when I actually get it. Yeah, we'll
0: find out exactly what
1: you'd get. Yeah. You. <laughs> it says Metascore from 14 critics is a 62. It's only okay. uh, it's only 99 cents on Prime. So it's it's not free, but it's not expensive either. All right.
0: Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess on to my movie. Excellent. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead from 2007. As I said earlier, it is the final film from Sydney Lumet. 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 It stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ethan Hawke, Albert Finney, Marissa Tomei. Michael Shannon shows up at one point. Rosemary Harris? Rosemary Harris was the mom? Huh. I didn't even recognize her. I don't even know who Rosemary Harris is. She's Aunt May in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Anyway, so this is a crime drama thriller. And the plot of this movie, without really spoiling anything, Ethan Hawke and... Philip Seymour Hoffman are brothers they're both in a bad way with money and Philip Seymour Hoffman comes up with this plot to rob their parents jewelry store in like upstate New York or maybe like out of the city New York they say suburbs a lot so maybe just out of the city but like a small quiet area just outside of New York City, anyway. They decide to rob it, and everything goes wrong. And it's just like one thing after another goes wrong, goes wrong, goes wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty interesting story. The way it is shot is kind of terrible i really did not care for the look of this movie everything seems overexposed nothing has very nice colors or anything it looked like a movie that i would make for youtube where it's hot out and you just you just don't have the time to set up anything so you just set the camera up on a tripod and walk away Hmm, and and then when you get back to look at the footage you're like oh this is all overexposed oh well Uh, it's youtube
1: yeah that can make it pretty unpleasant contagion
0: the acting in this movie is uh, contagion's fantastic it has beautiful colors (laughs) and i mean it goes from blues and reds anyway so like the this movie it's all overexposed green kind of a kind of a look where like the sky is very bright and green is green because there's a lot of trees and stuff anyway the acting's very good in this movie i really like the performances marissa tomei it's 2007 so she's in the middle of her i'm just gonna take my top off all the time phase I, where yeah, that was the phase for her it is and you should watch this movie because one she's excellent in this movie she's really good and two she's topless for half of it and she's excellent in this movie <laughs> so then the, like the next year she was in the the wrestler and god damn it is she just a A beautiful woman so good for her there is
1: also good for her for being such a good actress sure (laughs) (laughs) hey marissa tomei is a talented actress she is
0: she's an academy award winner
1: yeah yeah and i know that people she gets a lot of flack for getting that academy award for my cousin vinnie she um, deserved it i was she's gonna awesome say that, that is a that isn't there is no way that performance could have possibly been better i know it's unusual for a comedic performance to get a, uh-huh. a, an academy award but she is perfect in that movie and somehow she makes it believable that she's with joe pesci mm-hmm. it's all the wig the wig does most of the heavy lifting the joe pesci wig uh i um, I, I, I think it's in marissa tomei <laughs> I
0: almost watched that tonight. I started this movie and I saw Marissa Tomei pop up and I wasn't quite locked into this movie yet. And I was like, I want to watch my cousin Vinny because this movie begins with Philip Seymour Hoffman banging Marissa Tomei doggy style Ew. while they're in like a hotel room. I don't want to that. And no, you don't. It's uncomfortable, but it's like not dirty. It's just kind of weird. And out of place. And then you're just kind of like, all right. I think Marissa Tomei just wanted to take her top off, honestly. I think she was like, I'll just do whatever you want. Anyway, the movie's told in this nonlinear fashion where it starts off with this scene of them two banging and they finish and they're both like oh man we're supposed to be an old married couple what was that about because they were both really into it and they're like i don't know maybe we should just move to brazil full time which is i guess where they're supposed to be even though we're in this hotel room somewhere wherever they're filming the movie where the curtains are closed and and you realize like oh their relationship isn't super great but they do seem to really care about each other Okay. And then the movie begins. It goes to like the title card. Then the non linear thing starts where it goes to. I don't remember if it goes right to the robbery or if it's later, but it doesn't matter. But it, it starts off with we're following either Ethan Hawke or Philip Seymour Hoffman around, and we see their perspective. It's kind of told in like a Jackie Brown sort of way, where we get to see everyone's perspective to all these different incidents kind of a thing. We'll see how Philip Seymour Hoffman experienced this scene, and then we'll see how Ethan Hawke experienced this scene, and then mm. we'll see how Marissa Tomei did. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting for the first hour now whenever we change perspectives it's quite possibly the most obnoxious thing you've ever seen where the camera just zooms in on someone's face and it's like the 1960s and you, you expect to hear like a lightning sound and like white flashes because we're changing bodies it's really bad uh, yeah. and really distracting and
1: they'd be better off having one of those title cards from clue where they're like or oh, it could have happened this way
0: yeah. And honestly, I feel like that's what they wanted to do. Uh-huh. I feel like this movie's heavily influenced by Tarantino. It has a real heavy Tarantino non-linear story and crime vibe to it, but without all the dialogue, like a Tarantino dialogue. So that that's one thing that I noticed. And so everything's going bad for everybody in this movie. Things are going from bad to worse to worse to, oh, my, oh, wow, we're going here. Oh, this is how it's going to end. Wow did not see this coming and it does end on a a bit of a surprise where you're like wow i did not see that coming Uh but i'm not completely surprised i am surprised that the final shot of this movie though gets real weird i can't i can't tell you because i don't want to spoil it but um that's why that was as cryptic as possible this movie was worth checking out i would say to watch it For the performances alone, Philip Seymour Hoffman's great. He plays like an underground heroin addict, like he's a high-functioning heroin addict, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of trippy because we all know that Philip Seymour Hoffman died from a heroin overdose. Yeah, and so like in this movie, he's doing heroin, and you're like, oh, this is a little too real. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, he knows how to. This is real. (laughs) you just kind of feel a little bad Mm -hmm. but like you also can appreciate it a little bit because you're like oh this is probably what really goes on but the movie also has like a bunch of weird set pieces where things get set up very early in the movie where you're like what's going on with this sequence because he goes to this heroin den and that's where he shoots up is in this like fancy manhattan apartment building Mm -hmm. and the whole time that he's there you're like is he here to bang somebody? Is he like... Is he here to bang this dude that was at the door? Is he... Oh god, he's going into the back room. Oh god, there are cartoons on the TV. <gasps> what is in the back room? You're like, oh my god, is this guy gonna go? Is he... Is there... Are there kids here? Oh no. I don't, I don't, and then he goes into the back room, and then this the the weird guy who answered the door just brings out some heroin, and you're like, "Oh, thank God, it's just heroin." <laughs> it's like this weird weirdness washes over you, where like at the same time he the character of him looks so reluctant to be there, and you're like, "Oh, what is going on?" Is is he about to get banged or is he about to bang somebody and it has this real heavy sexual vibe and you're like you're just very uncomfortable and then when it gets revealed to be heroin you're almost relieved and it's just so strange it's such a strange feeling that it's not some kid thing and you're like oh good i'm glad it's not that oh he has a heroin problem and then there are little things like that set up throughout the movie that will play into the later part of the movie but like while it's happening you're like oh well this place is clearly going to come up later later everything that happens in the movie comes into play in the third act and you're like okay this this all makes sense it's it's very predictable uh-huh. it's not very exciting but it is compelling you you watch it and you just kind of along for the ride you're into it and uh I, I would say check it out i will say that i finally figured out ethan hawk's face uh, and okay what do you mean ethan hawk is the love child of tom cruise and sam rockwell okay okay if you see it's, yeah, in yeah. this movie you, you you'll be like Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm picturing it right now. I can see where you're coming from. And I was like, Oh, thank God. I felt so much better after I figured that out. <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character in this movie is, is kind of strange where when we're experiencing things from his point of view, uh-huh. he's just kind of an idiot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's like this good natured, but stupid guy but when we're seeing things from his brother's perspective his brother is way more aggressive like you see this one scene and you're and while you're watching it you're like are, is this earlier in the scene or is this later in the scene where they're like having this argument in a bar after everything's gone wrong and from Ethan Hawke's perspective Philip Seymour Hoffman is like we're going to be okay everything's gonna be all right and he puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like we're gonna figure this out and then when you see the same scene from philip seymour hoffman's position philip seymour hoffman's just calling him an idiot and he says you're so stupid you're so stupid and you're like he is stupid he is so stupid and you're like and you're like, but is this at the beginning of the scene before they calm down? And, and he was like, we're going to figure this out. Everything's going to be fine. I don't know. The movie, and it's a nonlinear way of telling a story. You can't tell if it's telling two sides of a story or just the same story from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So it's a little confusing in that. But it's it's very interesting. I would say check it out.
1: Hmm. Maybe. Your lukewarm <laughs> recommendation of it. Uh, it is enough for if I can't find something else, i All right. Well, if that is all for that one, then I still have one movie left, and that is Oculus from 2013, currently available on Hulu. So this movie, I've seen once before, and I enjoyed it pretty well the first time. Apparently, this is a Blumhouse and WWE Studios movie. What? You would not guess that to watch it. You might guess Blumhouse, but it's one of the good Blumhouse movies. So it starts out with this guy, Tim, who is in a a mental hospital, kind of like a residential place that he's been in for quite some time. And it's pretty clear that he's there as sort of like a, instead of having gone to prison, he went to this hospital and he's getting released. And there's some like fake stupid psychology, not real psychology stuff where they're like, oh, well you had a dream, so you must be doing better. We'll let you out of the hospital now. Is that not a real thing? Uh, Where if you tell your your therapist or your, in this case, I think, psychiatrist, that you've had a a dream in which you shoot someone in the head that you get out of the hospital. No, that's not Mm -hmm. a thing. That's not how that works. Wait, well, for
0: research purposes, should he have lied? No. Well, if his goal is to get out of the hospital.
1: Well, apparently... Telling them what happened in his dream got him out of the hospital. So I guess he did just fine. Anyway. All right. Then his the system si- works. So then his sister, Kaylee, played by Karen Gillen, the one who played Nebula and was in the Jumanji movies. Okay. If you watch the Jumanji movies, she's the one with the red hair. Well, I guess she's the only female that's in the group once they are in the game, right? Yeah. Till Aquafina shows up for... 20 minutes in the second movie. But anyway, she shows up, takes him out of the hospital, and then she is at a auction. Actually, I think it goes in the Opposite order. Either way, she's getting this mirror at an auction. She doesn't actually buy it, but she, she tries to figure things out in a way to get the mirror into her hands. I think she works for a museum. So it's, there's sort of a way for her to make it happen. And you're like, okay, why is she getting this mirror to get delivered to her? And she kind of comes up with some lies and stuff to get it. Turns out that we, we sort of discover that her brother is getting half of their parents' estate. So you figure out that. Her parents had passed somewhere in there and it's pretty early that it comes out that that's why the kid was in the hospital because the understanding is that he he shot his dad. But this young lady also and and by the way, when I say young lady, I mean, she is an adult, but she blames the mirror for her parents death and she intends to destroy it with quite the intricate planning. Things go on from there. I'm going to leave quite a bit to your imagination because I don't want to spoil anything. This is a really, really fun movie. And this was me seeing it for the second time. And I liked it even more this time. So like knowing where it went, but not wanting to spoil that, I'd say like definitely see it probably beside the the kinds of twists and turns in the movie. Like the best part of all is this character that Karen Gillan plays, Kaylee. She is awesome. Like, she's really clever. She's motivated. She's confident. Even, like, like she's kind of blunt and stuff, but without being, like, a stereotypical sort of, like, vamp character. Like, she's not condescending to people or rude or anything like that. She's not fighting with the world. She's just really confident. She's going after what she wants, and it makes the character really enjoyable. And some other things that are kind of likable about the movie or that are just done well are like the parents' chemistry. You don't see a lot of them together having a good relationship. But when you see a little bit of it, it's actually believable rather than just seeming forced. There are a lot of tense moments throughout the movie and kind of mysterious moments because you're not quite sure exactly what's going on. You're, You're finding out a lot in the way that she's explaining things to her brother but also the way things are playing out and it, I think it does a good job of leaving the audience in a position where they're they're learning little bits along the way and they're sort of putting it together and you get to put something together or start to wonder about it before it's explained to you so you get to play with it a lot while you're while you're finding things out there are reasons for decisions to be made that you would typically argue with. So if you're like, why wouldn't she do X, Y, or Z instead of what she's doing? I can almost guarantee that in most cases you'll find out, you'll wonder why isn't she doing this? And then you'll get an answer to it. And it won't just be like, Hey, by the way, we knew you'd ask that. So here's this thing that's thrown in just to answer the question. It's, it's there because it makes sense. All right. So this movie hangs together really well. I think and they're like realistic behaviors. Like there's some point where this woman is talking to her, I think he's her fiance. And he's like, hey, what's the deal with some of this stuff that you were printing out? And she tries to dodge the question. And in another movie, it would just get dodged. But instead he's like, uh, hey, still wondering about you printing out that stuff. And eventually she's just like, look, I'm not going to talk with you about it other than to say, just let it be. But there are just things like that that make the movie kind of like, I guess it's another thing about the character I like is like she still seems real, even though she's really cool. You get a lot of crossover from like backstory to what's happening in the present moment. And it's like a lot of back and forth. And they do a really good job of doing a lot with that, like distributing exposition uh, and information in like a helpful way. That's also satisfying, but also it kind of allows you to, it's one of the ways that they do the thing where you can get a question and then get an answer to it while you're starting to put it together. So it's, it's a good, they do really well there. And like these like reveals that show up are, they don't just hang together. Well, well, they're also cool. (laughs) Like there are things that pop out and, and like, Oh, Oh, that's actually a neat idea that it's, pretty unique. I think there are some movies that try to do this stuff, but don't come up with as clever of ideas and certainly don't do it as well. So, you know, because it's consistent and it kind of follows its own rules. And even if you're looking for holes, they pretty much aren't there. It just makes this movie a really fun ride even though it's dark it's it's pretty dark and there are some moments that are are kind of lighthearted. but it's it's more of like a thinky horror movie that also still manages to be like pretty tense at some points a little gruesome but the only bad thing that i could come up with in the movie is that it might even be a wig but karen gillen's got some strange bangs going on they're not like bad bangs like elizabeth banks in the spider-man movies but like they're really big Like, they stick off of her head on the sides like little wings, and it's strange. (laughs) That's it. Otherwise, this movie's great, and I strongly recommend it to anyone, and Nick, you should definitely see it. All right. When I saw this the first time, I probably would have said that it was like a B, but I think at this point I'd say it's like an A, A A-minus. Wow. Yeah. I was really surprised that I liked it more the second time than I did the first time, considering that the first time around, I really liked all the surprises and there wasn't going to be that much that was surprising, but I I was just able to see how well it hangs together the second time. So yeah, definitely check out Oculus. And I think that's it. Unless you have any questions, that's probably all I have to say about it.
0: I really don't. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Fair enough. Is that all our movies?
1: Yeah, that's it. All right.
0: Well, you know what that
1: means we got to talk about something else for a while. Fill in it's some time space. for Five on Five. Five on Five. Five on Five. There it's It's got a theme song. Well,
0: that's going to get used in a future version of that song we just heard. Remix.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> each week. This is the part of the show where we rank the movies we've seen. Matt, I have my list open right now.
1: Your, your list you of th- one movie?
0: Yep. Got all these movies ready to go. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to give before the devil knows you're dead?
1: I think you'll give it a 3.6. Oh. All
0: right. So plot for this movie. The plot is pretty interesting. It does move along the story, even though towards the second half, the jumping around gets real obnoxious and whatnot. I'm going to give the plot a three. It's, it's a second rate Tarantino movie. Acting is fantastic in this movie. There's this one scene, though, between Marissa Tomei and Philip Seymour Hoffman where they're in a car, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is very upset and he's like freaking out about something that happened in the movie. And he's, it's just like the first time he's like shown emotion in the movie. He's very stoic throughout most of it, except for when he's mad, and this is like the first time he's like angry, sad kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a shot of Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's killing it in the scene and then they cut to marissa tomei and every time they cut to her she either looks sympathetically sad or really annoyed that this is happening it's very confusing and i feel like that's deliberate Mm -hmm. uh as far as because like there's stuff that happens later where you're like well what is this all about but while you're watching that scene you're like wow this is a really powerful performance and he's really upset and he has a reason to be upset There's a lot going on in his life right now, and why does she look so pissed off? Oh, she looks sympathetic. Nope, she's pissed off again. (laughs) You know, it's just this weird thing where you're like, why are you. Anyway, it's an interesting scene. Anyway, the acting in this movie is great. I'm going to give the acting a four and a half. Okay. Pacing. The pacing is where this movie kind of suffers. Mm-hmm. It, the second half of the movie, it kind of falls off the map. The perspective jumping gets a little too much. And then there's like twists and turns and you're like, okay. They introduce Michael Shannon way too late in the movie. He's like a third act character introduction kind of thing. It's like late second act, and maybe not quite third act. And that's a no-no. But I liked Michael Shannon in this movie, although his hair is weird. He's got like blonde hair <laughs> it's weird I, I always just think of him as like a dark haired guy but anyway the pacing i'm gonna give it two it's pretty it's okay. pretty bad and then the aesthetics of this movie are not great sound is great the little special effects that they have are are really well done because you know just the drama but the the way it's shot While sometimes there are some very clever shots, Uh for instance, there's something happens with the dad's car where the car gets wrecked a little bit, but they don't address it. And then in a later scene, he and Philip Seymour Hoffman are outside talking and in between them up the driveway is the car and you can just see like the back bumper is like hanging off of it and the trunk is like kind of popped and you're like oh that's clever they show the result of what happened to his car without drawing any attention to it, and i was like oh that's very clever in this overexposed scene where you're just like oh the shot composition is fantastic why does it look like this and i'm just Baffled. Like I can't figure out if it's like an artistic decision to make it look like this or if it was just the way they went with it. And if it was an artistic thing, I just cannot figure out what they were going for yeah, with like the, the purpose of it. Is. Yeah. And like, I keep saying overexposed because maybe that's how the, all the characters feel in the movie is that they're all overexposed. But I think I'm reading way too much into it. Mm-hmm. So... That's that. So I think as far as aesthetics, I'm going to have to go with a two and a half. And overall enjoyment, I will give it a three. It was a pretty fun heist movie. And my score for that movie is a three and even three.
1: Well, well, I overestimated that. You fool. I am an idiot. (laughs) All right. An American werewolf in London. What do you think?
0: I think you're going to give this a three and a
1: half. All right. So the story, the plot, the themes uh, I think as a story this isn't a bad idea. it's, it's a pretty simple thing but it, it's not a bad idea. it's just because of how it's told it's I mean this is gonna come back up with the pacing but it just it could have been polished up a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two and a half. the acting ugh, this is kind of all over the place. The nurse is likable enough but I wouldn't say the performance is great. The doctor's pretty awesome. the friends. Pretty funny. Actually, it was kind of funny because I was watching this with Karina, and when the guy died, she was like, "Oh no! Oh man! I liked that guy a lot more." I said, "Trust me, you're going to be glad he's the one that died." Then (laughs) when he came back, she was like, "Oh, you know what? You're right, because he's the one who gets the funny lines and stuff." So the acting, I'm I'm going to give a three. It's really a couple people saving the main character because he's just not that great. Pacing. Yeah, this, this takes a couple knocks on pacing. I'm going to give it a two for pacing. The aesthetics of it, I got to say that the special effects really outweigh all the other stuff. So it's going to seem like a bit of a ridiculous score, but I'm going to give it a four and a half for aesthetics because wow. of those effects. And then enjoyment-wise, boy, I wish I could rate like individual acts. I'm going to give it a three and a half for enjoyment.
0: That brings your score for that American Werewolf movie to be 3.1. What did you say I was going to give it? A 3.5. Oh, ah, all right. Can't wait to hear what you think about American Werewolf in Paris. That movie
1: sucked. <laughs> I never saw that one. I saw it in the theaters and it was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> never want to see it again.
0: Okay, The Void. You seem to really like this movie. think you're going to give this a 3.5 too. It might be a 3.5 across the board kind of night for me.
1: Hmm, Okay. Oh, boy! The story and the plot and the themes. I don't even know what to say to that. Boy, can I give it a a symbol instead of a number? I'd like to give it an upside down exclamation point with an at signed over it. I am going to give you know for being interesting, I'm gonna give it a three. The acting oh, it's all over the place too. I'm gonna give the acting a three point two five okay wow that that was a genius move <laughs> to break it down in the quarters, okay. Pacing—it's never been done before. <laughs> this movie pacing-wise, it's just kind of nonstop, and and it works well for what it is. You know, for it being so chaotic to to be nonstop. So I think that actually works really well. I'm gonna give the pacing a four. The aesthetics, again, special effects are really good. As far as how it's shot, like I said, you know, it's it's kind of like a Stephen King movie that actually looks good and has good enough edits to you know have good takes and stuff. So as far as the aesthetics of it, like how it's shot and everything and the special effects really give it some points too. I'm going to give the aesthetics a four. And then enjoyment, man, I don't know if that's the right word. Oh boy.
0: It also means entertain. Yeah. I was definitely- And how much
1: fun you had. Like, holy cow. What the heck? What the heck? I'm going to give it a four. that doesn't sound right i'm gonna go to 3.75
0: never been done before unprecedented
1: yeah this movie's all over making me change how i do stuff Uh, What's you gave
0: this you gave it a 3.6 all right um before i forget yeah you reminded me of um excuse me there's a scene in before the devil knows you're dead where philip seymour hoffman gets to do a a tommy Wiseau slash citizen kane room wreck where where he's just pissed off and he's, he, they, I think, trashed it distra- it, it just trashed the room. And he goes full Wazoo, where like he just Tommy Wazoo in the room is just like I uh, I hate the world, and he's smashing stuff. And he's like, why, why, why? And he's like throw things. Philip Seymour Hoffman doesn't say anything, but he just like lazily pushes stuff off of a table. You're <laughs> just like, but like you can feel it. You like you could just feel the the apathy. Do you have sex with the dress no, that doesn't happen, but he does drop rocks on a glass table uh-huh. and you're like, I wonder if that table's gonna break because I bet they don't have the budget to do that a bunch of times because this is a fairly inexpensive movie, but he knocks all this stuff off of a counter and it's it's great because the character feels nothing but like you can tell he wants to feel something so he's like trying to smash stuff to be mad, but it's just not there. Uh and you're like i like this this is this was a good move on uh hoffman's part to just kind of really low-key the whole thing where like you could see him really going like the whole other way with it when it would have it would have been comedic almost
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he's sort Uh, of like drained and hopeless
0: yeah where he's just like "I, i guess this is what i'm supposed to do in this situation i guess i'll just smash something i don't know i'll throw this flower whatever i don't even care anymore so that was cool
1: all right. What do you think I'm going to give Oculus? I think you're going to give this movie a 4. That feels right. Had some right. time
0: to dwell on it.
1: Yeah. The story. I feel like I should give it a lower score because it's not a well-known big polished movie, but I'm going to give it a 5. What? Cuz there's nothing I would change about it. Wow. <laughs> I know you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, this isn't a five. But then when you try to figure out how it's not, you're going to go, shit, maybe it is a five. I just, I really, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take off a little bit because of that introductory stuff with the psychiatrist. That didn't need to be there at all. I'm going to give it a 4.75. That feels right. There we go. Much better.
0: Okay. So not quite perfect.
1: Right. (laughs) Now, I'd like to take this moment to remind you that this is a Blumhouse WWE movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But anyway, acting. Are there wrestlers in it? No, not at all. No, there's basically not really anybody other than Karen Gillan and the brother. And then probably with all their scenes cut together, maybe... 25 minutes of the parents that's about is it is it a
0: wwe movie
1: i have no idea i really really don't know like when it first popped up there i was like maybe it's is a dub- different wwe maybe it's that wildlife thing <laughs> <laughs> no no world wildlife entertainment but Not a penguin uh yeah so so acting i like karen gillen but there are kind of deliveries here and there that i don't think are are perfect Um, I look forward to watching her get better and better as an actor, though. The brother's not particularly great as far as the performance goes, but everything's more than serviceable. And and even though there are a couple things here and there where maybe Karen Gillan could have done a little better, the rest of the time she's doing a really great job. And and that's a bit of a mixture of her and the characters it's written, but like she obviously knew what the character was supposed to be. And that's really, really good. Because otherwise this could have been done in a pretty stereotypical way rather than being just like, she's a strong woman. It's ki- kind of like some of the women from The Descent. So I'm going to give the acting a 3.75. Pacing, five. Wow. <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with the pace. The pacing is done so well because they do such a good job of balancing what's going on now. And then in some cases, sort of like different versions of what's going on now. But then stuff that was going on in the past, that's not just explaining history, but also like showing a bit of what's going on now. I have no complaints about the pacing whatsoever. Aesthetics. Not perfect. The aesthetics are pretty good. But it's not beautiful or anything. I'm gonna say like a 3.5 for the aesthetics and enjoyment. I'm gonna give this movie a 4.75. Wow! And I gotta say, all of those scores would have been lower the first time I saw it. But it's just really it's just okay. even. not a ton. Not a ton. I did really enjoy it the first time. But I guess the best way to say it is I I appreciated it a lot more this time and I, I had okay. more fun watching it. It's weird your score for this movie comes out to be a
0: 4.35 nice which puts it in third place After below, what? Jo- below jojo rabbit and above the gentleman
1: what's first place knives out huh i think i enjoyed this more than knives out i don't know Huh. that's interesting
0: and if you would also like to see
1: <laughs> matt's <laughs> matt's
0: ranking list and mine head on over to thisweekinfilm.com and then click the link that says movie rankings list or something like that. It's on the side. I, I don't remember what it's called. And it'll take you to our letterbox page, and you don't have to be logged in to look at that at all, I don't think. So you can just enjoy if you want to check out the list and see what our scores are for everything, because all that stuff is there. Another exciting feature on our website, thisweekinfilm.com, is a
1: section called Midwest Matt Recommends. Hey, Matt. Yeah. What do you recommend this week? Well, I have cracked open a book called A People's History of the United States. This is a pretty well-known book. It's like a national bestseller that, you know how like all the textbooks for high schools and stuff are all just like printed out of Texas and edited so that Texas is happy yeah so that you know it seems like everything that happened in the US was just troubles that we got over And like things Mm -hmm. that we did great, everything was just good and good things came of it. This is the rest. (laughs) So like this book tells things from the perspective of the people that were affected by things, people behind movements, things that failed. So they, you know, and, and didn't get attention, people who were part of things that succeeded, but weren't white men. So didn't get acknowledged and, things that just aren't good at all. Just history that's not good stuff. So I'm not too far into it yet. I'm probably in the first like maybe eighth of the book. Page, Um, (laughs) No, but maybe like the first eighth of the book or so. And I think it's pretty powerful and I would strongly recommend it. So, you know, I'll, I'll come back to it later if I find that somehow it gets, instead of getting better, it gets less good, but I don't anticipate that at this point. So check it out.
0: And it's called A People's History of the United States.
1: A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. Okay. The movie Howard's End. No, Howard Zinn. That's what I said.
0: That's it. Anything else for this week, Matt? I
1: don't think so. No. Nothing else. All right. Well, I have one final thing
0: to mention. Yes. This Week at Film lost our greatest fan this week. My wife's mother, Barb, died this past week, and we're all very sad for the news. And she was one of our biggest supporters, and everything that we posted, she would thumbs up in some way with with the podcast. So she was really a very nice woman. I could not have ever imagined a, a greater mother-in-law and we are devastated by the loss
1: i think i speak for the listeners to saying that you know our hearts go out to you and jill and your family her family well thanks mm-hmm.
0: thanks very much mamaw and we will all miss you including all your children and grandchildren matt i guess that is the end of the reel, and we'll see you next week in film
1: thanks for listening rest in peace and judge movies, not people.